Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Andre Anderson. I am both founder and host of this podcast, uh, BSTL. BSTL stands for Building Something uh, That Lasts. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, I got a really good friend um, online with me. I'm going to introduce him in a few moments. Um, and for those of you that have been following along, I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, the feedback has been uh, tremendous, but I feel like this is going to be one of the uh, best uh, podcasts to date that we've put out. And so let me just go ahead and introduce my friend all the way back uh, from high school. Dwayne Matthews, are you there? I am. Thank you very much for having me, Andre. Yeah, man. Dwayne, um, right before we uh, started today, uh, just reflecting, it's been 30 years, 30 plus years of... of 30 years. <laughs> can you believe that we're old enough to be talking about this in terms of 30 years? I, I just can't believe it. 30 years. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Seems like just the other day we were walking into the cafeteria. Yeah. And here we are now, men with families and, and responsibilities and trying to change the world. So here's the thing, uh, Dwayne, um, I'm sure that there are a lot of people know that know you because you're all over the TV screen, the radio and stuff like that. But for those that don't, why don't you just give us a quick snapshot on who you are, uh, what it is that you do? Um, I think that will lay the framework for our conversation. Sure, and, and, and thanks a lot, Andre. Um, so I'm Dwayne Matthews. I'm a future of education strategist. I'm the founder of Tomorrow Now Learning Lab. I'm also the head of school at one of the largest virtual schools in, in Canada. Um, we have a 98% university acceptance rate, about 60% young women taking STEM courses. So we're, we're, we're one of the most successful schools in the world. Um, I have done a, a bunch of time teaching. I taught grade three, four, five, six, and a little bit of library. I've done strategic planning and education. I've also done technology transfer and technology scouting. Um, so I really spend my time obsessing about the intersection between what's called the fourth industrial revolution or this fast-paced digital transformation and education and thinking about how do we prepare students for the digitally transformed future world that's unfolding in front of us. Okay, cool. So, Dwayne, it sounds like you have like a real big responsibility in terms of what you do uh, in your your career. Uh, I also want to say ministry, right? So, we're both individuals that believe that there is a God, and and we believe mm -hmm. that you know there are things that He opens up doors for. So, uh, we want to talk about change today, right? And of course, yeah. because you're in the area of education, and of course, I mean, not everybody's going to agree. Uh, with everything that may be stated in this podcast, but I do love and appreciate the fact that you are trying to tackle um, a big ship and convince people that there is another way. But here's maybe the springboard question that launches us into this thing. How do we help people to see the need to change, not in 10 years from now, but like right now? Yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a that's a great question. And anytime I say it's a great question, it's because it's a really hard one. Um, and I, I don't have a definitive answer for you. But what I what I do know is everyone is trying to get 
a job done. Yeah. Everyone's trying to get a job done. And we're not always aware of what the job that we're trying to get done is. So I'll give you an example. Um, you know, once upon a time, we walked everywhere that we wanted to go. So the job to be done was to get from A to B. Yeah. And we wanted to get from A to B for a couple of reasons. A, we want to go see somebody. We want to connect with people. Um, or B, we need to get something to, to go eat. And so as time went on, eventually we got on horses. And so the job to be done was still going from A to B, right? And A to B to connect with people or to go find ourselves something to eat. And eventually um, a man by the name of Henry Ford came along and he created something called a car. And, you know, he, he was so convinced that the car was important, but he said, if I asked people what they wanted, they would have said more horses. So you'll notice up to today, yeah. cars measure speed and power in horsepower. Yes. But yes. the job to be done was still the same, which is going from point A to point B. Yeah. Right? Um, to meet people socially or to get food. So one of the, the really interesting things is that a lot of young people don't buy cars we're not interested in driving the way that you and I might've been when we turned 16. That's right. And the yeah. reason for that is they have their phone That's right. and their phone connects them socially in a shallow way, yeah. the same way that you would if you were connecting yeah. so the drive to get an actual car yeah. goes down, but we still need to go A to B to get something to eat. Right. Right. So yeah. why did I, why did I tell that little story? I tell that story because if we want to think about change, we have to think about what's the job to be done. Yeah. And the job to be done is the critical piece. What we do is we use whatever, whatever technological advances we have. Yeah. And we combine those around the job that we're trying to get done. We create a story yeah. or a series of premises around the technological capability we have. Yeah. And we turn that story into something that's familiar and easy and less technical. Yeah. Right. And so what the challenge is, is when we have new technological um, components or assets or pieces. And, and when I mean technology, I'm not talking digital technology. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm just talking innovation. Yeah. Once we have those new pieces, there's a certain amount of inertia. Yeah. that we have because we're moving so fast. We're telling ourselves this story yeah. that a lot of times we believe this story to be a hundred percent objective and true. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think the key to help people changing is to really hone in on what is the job that they're trying to get done specifically. Okay. And then to build evidence mm -hmm. that demonstrates that if you create a certain amount of habits, yeah, and a certain framework, you can get that job done. So let me, ask and then there's you, two other pieces, but I'll stop there. So let me ask you this question. Cause I think you're, you're, you're getting our conversation started the right way. Uh, the reality is that not everybody is going to agree on how to get to the desired end. And of mm -hmm. course we're talking mm -hmm. about education, right? Because that's your area, but we're also talking about change proper in all things, right? So at the end of the day, somebody's going to say, well, um, you might be able to get from point A to point B faster with a car, but when I walk, I have the capacity to think more and process more about what I'm doing when I arrive. 
So you have two different schools of thought. One that might say, well, if you get there sooner, you can still sit down and process. Or to the other person that's accustomed to traveling by foot, they'll say, by the time I get there, because I've walked, I'm wide awake, my brain is com uh, completely clear, and so I do have the capacity to sell the same thing. So now, right. that, Dwayne, um, and you're tackling a beast, right? I mean, when you think about it, how the educational system has changed since we were kids, uh, mm -hmm. the, the chalkboard, most uh, classrooms that I've been into, uh, no chalkboard. You've got a dry erase board or you've got a smart board. And I'm sure from mm -hmm. chalkboard to dry erase to smart board, uh, the challenge has always been, how do I leave behind that which I know works um, w while trying to kind of bridge it and move forward, uh, not knowing whether or not this thing is sustainable? Where, where do we start with the change, Dwayne? Right. So, so, so great, great questions. I, I love your line of questioning. And so what I do is I say sometimes we're, we're in really close when we're looking at something. So let's go with the first example that you gave, the first example about the walking yeah. and the driving. Yeah. And so that is true. Um, that's very true. If you're, if you're walking, you have more time to think, you have more time to process because you're not in the business of driving. Right. And driving requires your attention. If you're yeah. stuck in traffic or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it requires your attention. However, there are a couple things to consider. Um, a, if you are driving a short distance, then the walking makes sense. Okay. If you are driving a long distance, right? So I live north of Newmarket. Okay. If I had to walk to Toronto every day yeah. to go to work, yeah. even if I got there with all my thoughts in order, yeah. it would be ineffective. Yes. Right? So it kind of works but it's ineffective. It's not effective most of the time. So let's think about school, right? You talked a little bit about school. You talked about, you know, no blackboards, but now dry erase or smart boards. Yeah. It's really a substitution. Those are substitution technologies because yeah. the form of school is still the same. Yeah. Right. There's still somebody that needs to be putting something on the board. Yeah. Right. So the, the, the form hasn't changed. It's gotten a little bit that's what we call an incremental innovation. So it's gotten a little bit better, okay. but it's not transformative. Okay. It's not transformative. Okay. Right. So if we, if we, if we think back about the vehicle, yeah. right, we can say, okay, well, the vehicle can get us really far. Yes. But what happened in the pandemic? Mm. In the pandemic, yeah. we stopped driving. We said, That's okay, right. if you, if you have a connected device, yeah. I'll connect with you. Um, on Zoom. Is it the same as in-person? No. No. Is it good enough? Is it good enough? Yes. So the key to innovation is that it starts at good enough and then it eventually gets better, right? Over time. That's, that's the idea of innovation and how things are adopted. The, the very same with school. Now, if we go back to school, the same example that I gave about inefficiency yeah. with driving. Yeah. If we go back to school, if I think of education, if I were to try and mark education for success, yeah. what would I use to market? Well, I would market for preparation for post-secondary opportunities. Right. Right? So post-secondary sure. opportunities could be university, it could yeah. be college, yeah. it could be you know, some kind of successful career. Sure, trade right? school, something, yeah. Right. The post-secondary education rate on most Prussian model schools, which is what we use, imagine... We have a model of school based on a country that no longer exists, right? <laughs> right. It's yeah. a Prussian model. Yeah. Um, and that Prussian model 
used very specific technology. Okay. The technology was a printed book. Yes. And that's 600-year-old technology. And yeah. it was supported by a pencil from 1662, a pen from 1888, mm-hmm. a blackboard from 1801. Okay. And so to use that technology, we had a specific form, a, a kind of classroom, if you will. Yes. So what's the success rate? The success rate is 35%. Mm. 35% of people successfully go on to some form of post-secondary education coming out of school. Okay, so, so that's a third. It's Right. Okay. So imagine if you got 35%, you came home to your mom. Yeah. <laughs> and you showed her 35% on a report card. What'd she say? Oh, this is great. Keep going. <laughs> well, she's seen right? a few of those in, in my lifetime. So <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Right? But yeah. So, 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 so that's what we have. Yeah. So it's not, you know, people say, well, Duina, are you against teachers? Are you against? No, no, no. I, the teachers are fantastic. They're yeah. actually working in a very difficult. What's happened, though, is the innovations around education have changed. Right. And so we now have more opportunities to personalize. So, very same way with a job to be done. Yeah. Right? I could take the Zoom. Yeah. I can go drive to see you if it's a short distance, yeah. um, you know, living downtown, yeah. I can walk. Yeah. But the idea of personalization and scale yeah. allows us to transform because it helps us to get, it helps more of us to get the job done yeah. that we're trying to do. So the hardest part is really to figure out what's the job that people are trying to get done. And if we can help them to do that job more effectively and more efficiently, we have a little bit of an easier road, not an easier road, but a little bit of an easier road to come up with that transformation. All right. So now I have another question then. Okay. So let's just go with this number of 35% that go on to Mm -hmm. post-secondary education, whatever that looks like. Okay. Mm -hmm. When we now begin to uh, go into our toolbox and add things that is that's going to bump that number up. And of course, we're making some assumptions, right? We're making some assumptions that the 35% that go on to university, they find jobs, uh, they are productive, they are change agents themselves. We make some of those assumptions, right? And of course, we belong to a culture that really pushes the idea around formal education. Now, One of these days, maybe we can argue about that a little bit more, but that day is not for today. But let's just Mm -hmm. say that we stick with this idea around traditional education. How then, or what do we introduce um, to move that number from 35 to maybe 50% or 60%? What, What small tool could we use to leverage that? Sure. So a a few things, right? You talk a little bit about assumptions. And so let me, let me go through a few of those. Okay. So the first thing is 35% of global average. Okay. We actually live in, in the country with the highest post-secondary educated population on planet Earth at 50%. That's Canada. All right. Inside of Canada, our post-secondary education rate is 69%, which makes it Ontario is the most post-secondary educated region on okay. planet Earth All per right. capita. Okay. Right. More than more than Sweden. More than per capita. Okay. Right. Um, the second is, I was very specific to say post secondary opportunities. Okay. Versus post secondary education. So okay. post secondary education is one of the opportunities, okay. whether that's university, college, trade school, whatever. Sure. Um, but post secondary opportunity could be, you know, hey, I'm I'm 
I'm a basketball player. Hey, I'm a musician. Hey, I've gotten right into entrepreneurship. Right. Um, right. And so, so that's what I mean by post-secondary opportunity. And, okay. and the other that you're talking about now is how do we have more people? So how we have more people is we start to think about, well, what was holding people back in the first place? So if we go with education specifically, we yeah. think we can be much broader, mm-hmm. right? We know that the, the technologies that we have, a book, yes. right? What do we know about it? How many books can you travel with at once? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe 50, right? Maybe yeah. 50 if you had a really big suitcase. Sure. But you can't travel with thousands of books. No, cannot. So what does that, so what does that mean? Yeah. That means then that you have to remember a certain amount that's in that book. Yes. And so how do we know that you've remembered? Well, we assess or evaluate you. Yes. And that assessment or evaluation is not 100% efficient. Like we know it's inefficient. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, you know, you took tests that you got A's on yeah. in the nineties. And yeah. if I tested you on it today, you won't remember. No. Right. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it's inefficient yeah. and we only have 192 to 194 days. Yes. And we have a six hour day. Could you look at your favorite show for six hours, 192 days and remember everything? Absolutely that's what we not. Ask kids, Absolutely that's what we ask not. Yeah. To do. Of course. Right. So, yeah. So 35% of those kids actually can do it. Yeah. Right? They do really well. Okay. Well, what about the what about the rest? Yeah. Well, the re- the rest of the kids, they have an opportunity to access success as yeah. well. We just don't have or we didn't put into place because we didn't have the types of tools that yeah. they're going to need to help them get their job done. Okay. Right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so so, so let's, you know, you and I were having a conversation at the beginning. Yeah. And you, you and I both got into trouble for, for talking too much. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we both got into to trouble for, for being too loud. Yeah. Um, and, but think about, you know, what was our gift? Our, yeah. our gift was to, to speak in front of people. Yeah, communicate. And, yeah. and we learned through that conversation. If sure. I have to sit in class quietly. Yes. Then I'm not learning the best way that I can. Yeah. And neither are you. Correct. Right. Yeah. And so, but now here you are as an adult and that's turned into, that's turned into a huge success for you. Yeah. Right. You stand and speak and engage with people all the time for, for a living and you're very good at it. And so, so, so what we realize is Mm -hmm. if we create more opportunities for personalization to help somebody get their job done, we're going to find that we're going to have more success. And can you imagine if somebody was really helping you with this, right? If somebody looked at you when you were in grade nine yeah. and said, ah, this is something that's going to be interesting for him. Let's go down this way. You would have done better in math. You'd have done better in science. Sure. You would have done better yeah. um, at all of those things. And you probably would be way better, even though you're really good, you'd be way better because you'd have had that much more practice in it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if you want to change your mind, you could. Now, this is the key. If you want to change your mind, the yeah. key is that you needed to learn yeah. how to learn. Yeah, in and your you way. to know, right. Yeah. And you needed to know that you're trying to get a job done. Yeah. So if you want to change, yes. you can say, okay, I can identify what the job to be done is. Yeah. So what's my articulated outcome? Sure. And I have the tool set that's going to be able to put me on a path 
to say, okay, right? I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll give you a specific example. Uh-huh. Okay. Right? Um, I lost 50 pounds. 50? And, yeah, five zero. Okay. And how did I lose the 50 pounds? Because I, I created a system that I could do daily. Yes. And I knew that if I applied the system over nine weeks, Yes. That I would get to a certain place. Okay. Right. Congrats. So I learned, I learned how to do that. Thank you. I learned how to do that. And then I applied a certain amount of discipline and there's an actual framework for it. Um, that, that's quite broad. That'll capture a, a lot of people, but that really helps to transform and change. Right. Because mm-hmm. essentially I, I hack my brain. I know that if I, if I could just say discipline for like three weeks. Yeah. It's, I'm going to see something. That's right. And if I see that something in three weeks, it's going to hit me with a boost of dopamine that's going to make me want more. All right, Dwayne, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I want to come back because you've now said no, something. No, please do. Um, because mm-hmm. maybe, uh, well, I hope I'm hearing you the right way, okay? Because, you know, one of the things during this pandemic that we've focused on, we've we've been talking a lot about systemic racism, and of course, mm-hmm. at the beginning of this thing, George Floyd, many of us marched, et cetera, et cetera. So now let's create this bridge into education and learning. Please apply some of what you're telling me uh, in terms of how does this help people groups that come from a loud culture where information is shared audibly and not necessarily through eight font. What does this mm-hmm. change look like for the kid and my roots are Jamaican, yours are Trinidadian, right? So whether it's in the mm-hmm. islands, whether it's in Africa, whether it's in South America, wherever, how does this change then create the change that gives a fair um, uh, a fair educational system or process to those who don't learn the same way, right? So we've we've got some numbers within that 35%, but we also mm-hmm. have some other numbers that are not a part of that 35%. And not because they're not smart, not because they're not intelligent, but they just can't learn in an environment that doesn't remind them of the dynamic home. So please, mm-hmm. if, if you can help me with that one, I'd love that because I think somebody's going to have a breakthrough because we grew up almost um, being told that if you can't sit down quietly and learn a certain kind of way, take this book home, highlight what you think is important and get an A, then you're not ready for the corner office. And I think that this is Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why in our community, we do have a lot of individuals at times who go towards um, different areas because they haven't been able to learn in a way that allows for them to be in that space and be competitive and respected. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I mean, there's a lot there and um, yeah, there's a lot there. So, so, Here's what I would say. Okay. I, I would say I would say a few things. Um, systemic racism, mm-hmm. in my mind, comes in in four parts, okay. right? So when when you and I were younger, and maybe you were taught differently, but when I was younger, um, I was taught that racism really has to do with judging a person, um, you know, by the color of their skin and not the content of their character. Yeah. Right. Yep. That but was it's, it. it's yeah, but that's one dimension of a four-dimensional system because that's not really a system, right? Right. That's personal. Yeah. And so if, if we look at the four dimensions, right? So think of the first dimension would be institution, um, institutional. So that would be laws sure. and norms. Sure. 
right? Yeah. So there, there are laws and norms, mm-hmm. and and I can show lots of different ways that that, that will discriminate against a person, right? So, for sure. example, let, let's let's take race out. Let's just see it as as discriminating against a certain type of person. Yeah. Right. So the law is if you're going to school, we'll use school as an example, you have to get to school at about 8.30. Yes. Right? Yes. But if you're a teenage boy, your circadian rhythm kind of goes off, so you're actually firing at all cylinders at about 10.30. Mm. Right? Yeah. So, but you have to go to school at 8.30. 8.30. Right. So, so let's just say the, the school that you're in has uh, math at 8.35. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, every day. Yes. It's math morning. Yes. So do you have the best opportunity to be successful in that scenario? Absolutely no. not. Yeah. Right. No. So so that's institution. So institution is the laws yeah. and the norms. And the, the second norm. is structural. Okay. Right? The second is structural. That's the combination of mm-hmm. all the institutions. Yeah. Right? So now let's just say, you know, that time doesn't work for me. Um, let's just say being loud, like you said, yeah. right? You know, from a loud culture, very social. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, you know, you and I in the cafeteria were talking <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. loud. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, so imagine now I'm in the mall, mm-hmm. right? And people are like, oh, kind of loud, loud bunch of kids. It makes yeah. me a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? So now that's a structure. Yeah. Right? The school wants me to be quiet. Yes. The mall wants me to be quiet. Yes. The ride on the bus wants me to be quiet. That's right. Right? It's not what I remember because my house is loud. Right. Right? So here comes the structure. Right? And what happens if I'm loud in the mall? Well, somebody's going to, the security's going to come. Maybe That's the police right. is going to come. Yes. Right? So now there's a structure. And all of those institutions combined are yeah. saying the exact same thing. You need yeah. to bring your voice down. And why are you not in school? Yeah. Okay. So now we have the internalized. Okay. How do you feel yes. inside of that system? Do you feel the system is for you? Yeah. Or do you feel the system's for somebody else? Do you feel as secure in the system or do you feel not as secure in the system? Right. And then the last part is the interpersonal. That's yes. when we start talking about the color of somebody's skin. Okay. Right? That's the surface, surface piece. And that piece, most people, most reasonable people, I would say, at least in Canada, have dealt with that surface piece. Most reasonable people would say, no, I, I don't actually look at somebody's skin and judge them. Yeah. Most people would say, well, I look at the character, and if yeah. they happen to have the same skin, yeah. then I'm judging them. Right. But they don't look at what are the laws, yeah. what are the, Values. the structure, yeah. how do you feel yeah. inside of that system, yeah. right? And you can take that model of those four frames and apply to lots of oppression. I could take that and apply it to women. Yeah. I could take that and apply it to young kids versus grown people. Sure. Right. So it's, it's a structure of oppression. It's a structure of order. Yeah. And so what we have to do is not think about whether it's right or wrong. Yes. What we have to do is we have to get back to, again, what is the job that we're trying to get done? What's the articulated outcome and why? Okay. So, right. Here, and so, Go ahead. So, sorry to interrupt you, right? No, no, go, here, ahead, go ahead. Here, here's the landing point, um, because I know we have to wind down in the next few moments. If change is to happen, right? So, I want to bring us all the way back around to where we started. And by the way, this has been a fantastic conversation. Here is the question. If we want to see change, and not just personal change, but I'm also thinking in terms of community change. And I'm not just talking about the black community. I'm talking about community proper. 
mm-hmm. almost sounds to me like we need to stop talking at the interpersonal level because that may not be the space where real change happens long term that's sustainable. Right. So when I hear yeah. you talk about phase one, I think phase one is the structural. Did I get it right? Yeah. yeah. So institutional. The institutional. Structural. Right. Yep. Structural. Okay. Internalized so, and interpersonal. So if we talk about the um, the infrastructure, the laws, the, the whatever, mm-hmm. how then yeah. do we get um, a group of young people that their eyes, you know, they're not looking at it the way that we do now, right? We've had enough life, so we, we've had enough disappointment. So we know mm-hmm, that, that mm-hmm. while it's true that you can become all that you want to be, we also do recognize that we've got to at times jump through some hoops and jump over boxes in order to make that a real reality. But right. to the person that's now saying, look, through education, not only do I want to be change, but I also want to create the change. Dwayne, where do you tell them that they should start? So I, I, I would say you, you want to think about a few things. First, mm-hmm. you want to think about what, what is it that you want to obtain. And second, you want to harness the power of your will. And when I say harness the power of your will, I really mean that in three parts. So the intention that you have. Yeah your ability to focus on that intention yeah. and the self-belief, the conversation that you're going to have with yourself. The second thing that you're going to have to do is, is you're going to have to really leverage strategic imagination. Okay. Right? So a lot of times our imagination is limited. So mm-hmm. what do I mean by that? So first, results imagery. What's the image in my head that's the result? Like where is it that I'm going? Yeah. What's the, the, the desired outcome? The next is process imagery. Mm-hmm. What are the steps? that I have to take. Can yes. I visualize those steps? Not perfectly, mm-hmm. but enough. Can I visualize the steps? Yeah. At least the next three. Right. And then yeah. second, because you and I are, 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 you know, people that have a certain amount of faith guided imagery. Yeah. So how do I connect to something greater than myself? So yeah. it's, that might be God for you. It might be Allah for you. It might be the universe for you. It might be yeah. science for you. It might be the scientific process, but some ways you have those three pieces. And then the, the, the last thing that I would say, is I would say habit formation. So yeah. habits of mind, yeah. habits of action, yeah. habits of consistency, and actually the framework of building a habit, which is a cue, routine, and reward. And I think once you combine those things, yeah. you start to create a certain amount of momentum. Yes, You essentially hack your brain into feeling a certain way, yeah. and you get a sense of purpose, and you, you move in that particular direction. Right? So, and that would be the first piece. Yeah. That would be the first piece. And I would say, you know, I always tell people there are limits to what you can do. Yeah. But the, the space between your limits and where you are now Our is friends. a massive world of opportunity to explore. I love right? that. I can't come today and say, you know what, I'm going to, I can do anything that I want. And at, you know, almost 50 years old, I'm going to go break Usain Bolt's record. Right. Like, there's a limit. <laughs> right. There are some I, limits. I can't do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But what I think happens, what yeah. I think happens is the space between, hey, Dwayne, um, you're 50 pounds overweight and you can be 50 pounds lighter. You can get significantly healthier. You can get significantly fitter. You can extend the biological longevity of your life. Yeah. Well, that's the space between my limit and where I am now. And there's a massive amount of opportunity. So what I would say to people yeah. is start to think about where are you now? Yes. Where is it that you'd like to go? Yeah. And even though there might be a limit, yeah. develop a certain framework yeah. and bridge the gap. There's yeah. a lot of magic in bridging that gap. 
And I think once you do bridge that gap, what you'll find when you get to your destination yeah. is you'll find that there's an opportunity for more efficiency, innovation, and creation to help you bridge the gap even <laughs> further. Right? Once yeah. upon a time, yeah. nobody believed that everybody would be able to read. Yeah. Nobody believed it. Right. There's a handful of people, yeah. right, were able to read. But now, in many countries around the world, we have like a 96% um, <laughs> Literacy? You know, reading rate yeah. in the population, right? Okay. And this is this is in 100 years. Right. 100 years ago, most people couldn't read. Right. Wow. Right? But, yeah. but here we are now, yes. and, you know, where most people can read to a point where it horrifies us if we think, Gosh, there's a there's a child somewhere that like is 10, 12 read. years old and yeah. can't read. Yeah, right. Like it, it 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 strikes everybody. It's horrific. We're like, oh, we we have to solve that problem. We never think, ah, maybe you know, the majority of kids don't read. No, we don't think that anymore. Yeah. So I think, and how do we do that? We did that with the Prussian model. Yeah. Right. And so now I think what the opportunity is. Yeah. What the opportunity is is for us to develop a the the common north where is it that we'd like to go what's the job that we're trying to get done yeah b how do we really focus on will strategic imagination habit formation to uh -huh. bridge the gap between our limits and where we are yeah and when we get to that limit we often find that the limit is actually not the limit maybe we can push it back just a little bit more Dwayne, man and we can do that intergenerationally <sighs> I look, can I just say this? And I know you're busy, but we are going to have to have a part two to this. This conversation has been incredible. I've been learning and I'm going to be listening to this over and over because I think you gave us uh, some real nuggets that we can use to at least start the conversation towards change. Uh, next time when you come on, uh, whether your time permits or not, I'll just stock you down. We're going to talk about this a little bit more now from a corporate perspective, because the reality mm -hmm. is somebody decided that this was going to be the educational way and we bought into it and it did well right. while it was doing well. But mm -hmm. now that the technology and the worldview and, and, and the bringing together of different minds from different spaces, the, the system no longer supports this new world. And so mm -hmm. Dwayne, um, Dwayne Matthews, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for those of you that have been listening, I know, I know for me, and I hope for you as well, you're inspired. Uh, my name is Andre Anderson, founder and also the host of BSTL. If you want to reach out and uh, put some questions there, if you want me to connect you to Dwayne, no problem. BSTLinc21 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining. And Dwayne, wow, this is incredible. I mean, you were smart in high school, but Lord have mercy. You've turned up the gauge even more, and I'm so happy to have had you on our podcast today. Thank you. Andre, thank you very much for having me, and I appreciate the kind words. All right. Take care, man. All right, everybody. This is the recap. So grateful for Dwayne dropping in and dropping a whole bunch of nuggets on us. Uh, here are some things that he taught us today on how to create appropriate change. Number one, be clear on what it is that you are trying to do. Number two, create the habits that are sustainable that will lead us towards change. Technology, number three, technology drives the innovation, but it is not everything. Number four, innovation will take us from good to great. And then, of course, because we're talking about change, he talked about four systemic things that we have to focus on. Number one, the institution 
is the thing that creates the infrastructure. Number two, the structure is important. Number three, the internalized and the interpersonal have everything to do with our awareness of the changes or lack thereof.